0: Welcome aboard. We will be your guides during this magical journey into the movies. It's the perfect job for us because we love the movies. It's showtime. Ready when you are, CB. Action. Welcome to Monoreal Radio. I'm Sean. And I'm Jackie. And welcome to 2019. Happy New Year.
1: Happy New Year, listeners.
0: I'm amazing because... Disney had such a fantastic 2018, and 2019 looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, right? Between the new streaming service, all that they have going on at the parks, and all of the films that they have coming up. It's going to be a lot of fun to be a Disney fan this year.
1: Yeah, I don't know if they're trying to outdo themselves, but they're going to come darn close. And they have uh, a a
0: D23 this year, don't they?
1: They do. Oh. I wish we could go to that one. I know. That's on the bucket list big time, yeah, but we'll not for 2019. No. 2019 is a Florida year.
0: Yes, that's right. We get, we're going to Disney World this, this year. This is a Disney year. Yes, I'm very excited about that too. But before we focus too much on where we're going, I think it's important to really focus on where we have been as well. 2018, a huge year. Huge year for Disney films. Absolutely stellar. Well, it actually didn't start that way. No. It didn't start stellar at all. Before we get into that, though, we are going to do this episode a little bit differently than we traditionally do it. Um, now, we're going to talk about, it's it, this is our year in review, slash our preview show. Um, so, we're going to quickly give you our thoughts about the Disney movies that we did see, because we saw most, but not all of them. Yes. Um, rest assured, eventually we are going to give every film that we're talking about the traditional monoreal radio review. But for now, just a quick get in, get out, and move on. Although, I should say that um, I don't really know (laughs) that I really want to suffer through A Wrinkle in Time again.
1: These were really just our first impressions of all the new releases for this year. And eventually, you know, that's what our show is. We do have to give them the full hour-long treatment. But we're going to shelf that one for quite some time.
0: actually wait, why don't we just do the review right now it sucked <laughs> a wrinkle in time sucked
1: i wish i had more to say about it than that but it really didn't hold my interest at all granted i've not read the book um but i, I don't even think it's worth comparing because we're talking about what this movie was as a standalone and it just did not engage me whatsoever. The I walked away from that saying, what does Marcellus
0: Wallace look like? <laughs> that was my takeaway. And Marcellus Wallace wasn't even in this film.
1: No, but he may as well have been.
0: Yeah. No, this was the CGI was bad. The acting was horrendous. You take Reese Witherspoon and you flounder her.
1: Yeah, that was such a shame because I was excited about the cast. I mean... I love Oprah. Who doesn't love Oprah?
0: And she actually was pretty good.
1: She was the best part about it. Um, I love Reese. You know, I thought she was wonderful in Walk the Line. I think she's very talented. Um, And I like Mindy. I I was excited to see what Mindy Kaling could do do and bring to the table. And she brought nothing. No, and really, neither did Reese. Like, what I did in was that they dumped her down and almost made her like Sarah Jessica Parker in Hocus Pocus. Yeah. But that was comic relief. Reese was not funny in this. There was no. no humor really. And it just kind of made her seem dumb. Yeah.
0: And these kids were almost like too smart for their own good. It just like there was everything about it and it didn't make sense. It was awful.
1: Yeah. I really think that um, the film was almost kind of resting on its laurels a little bit as far as, having all these cool visuals and I think the story suffered as a result
0: you know what I couldn't understand either was the like the adults in the picture were so rude to these kids even though they knew that their father had like vanished like for all intents and purposes this is a terribly broken family and they still like they blame the kids for their behavior or like they can't understand why they lash out like just their support system was not supportive at all there was so many poor decisions made when making this movie
1: Yeah, I mean, eventually we'll give it a second look, but I'm hoping, you know, it'll have the chance to redeem itself upon second viewing. But that's why we're doing, you know, this kind of show. It was just first impressions. Most of these we don't even have on DVD yet. We can't, you know, take a second look at them.
0: You hope that it redeems itself the way that Avengers Infinity War kind of redeemed itself, at least with me. That was the next big release. That one was out in April. And when we saw it the first time, I hated it. Yeah. I hated Infinity War. And I think that's the type of movie, though, that you can't just watch it one time. There is so much going on. It is so convoluted that I was lost. I felt like I was watching three different movies.
1: It definitely got better upon second viewing, but I don't know how children followed along with it. Because I think they the just plot see... was
0: really convoluted. I think they just see superheroes. Yeah. I I
1: think, but but which isn't really fair to do to kids,
0: right? I I also think the reason why I enjoyed the movie so much more the second time is because I knew what I was walking into, so I expected, you know, I expected it, and, and it wasn't as confusing the second time around.
1: Right, it definitely got better upon second viewing for me. But after the the initial screening, you know, when we went to go see it in theaters, we were very unpopular amongst our friends because we really didn't like this movie at all and you know to touch on what you said before it did feel like a couple of different movies because you know obviously they're throwing all of these different characters into one into one film which we've seen before because this was not the first Avengers film obviously but since then you know now you've got your Doctor Strange and your Black Panther so you've got all these you know a lot more elements at play here but the world's felt very disconnected.
0: Yeah. And I felt at the end that we had basically just watched a 10-year trailer for Captain Marvel.
1: That was one of the most disappointing things is that it didn't feel like the culmination that it should have.
0: No, I, don't get me wrong. I have no problem with some of the characters being killed off. I have no problem with them vanishing. I have no problem with Thanos coming out the victor. I really thought that that was... I thought that was cool because I like Thanos, even though he, he's dreadfully stupid looking. He yes. looks like Homer Simpson. Homer Simpson meets Grimace. That's what he looks like.
1: I love Josh Brolin he's as Thanos. So I think he's incredible. But yeah, you you gave him like no neck. And he does, you know, yeah, it's it's like Star-Lord says, hey, Grimace.
0: Yeah, it's Doh! like, no! <laughs> like, he, he does. He looks like Homer. Um...
1: He's a great villain, though, and I do like that since they split this up into two films, they did leave it on a cliffhanger like that. Well, no, I take that back because I hate cliffhangers, Um, but I agree with what you said. I like that for this film, he is victorious, but I do disagree in that, you know, it was sad to see all these characters that you love go, but I feel like it should have been more brutal rather than them just vanishing into the sky.
0: That's the only thing, too. It's like, you didn't kill anybody of substance other than Loki. And Loki's great, but if Loki is the most significant character that you bumped off in this franchise, that's not enough. And Gamora, though.
1: That was a brutal death.
0: It was brutal, but at the same time, I don't watch Guardians of the Galaxy for Gamora.
1: Right. Now, had
0: you, like killed now of course I don't follow the MCU the way some others do maybe you can't kill Groot maybe you can't kill Drax I don't know right but I was waiting I think everybody was waiting for Captain America to die that was the other thing we were all waiting for either him or Tony Stark to go well
1: that's what I'm saying if you're gonna eliminate these major characters they just vanished into thin air like I kind of wanted to see something like more violent and more you know of more substance that you're taking out these icons but, my theory is, and you know, like you said, I don't read the comics. I don't follow the universe the way that some people do. I don't think that they're really gone. Just based no. on what we're getting from the film, he's got the stones. He used the time stone when, um, when they destroyed Vision. Um, he turned back the time, brought Vision back, and then grabbed the stone out of his head. I think that maybe one of the Avengers gets a hold of the Time Stone and they're able to either reverse it or they use the Soul Stone to bring them back. Yeah. But I don't think they're gone for good.
0: By the way, I'm going to jump ahead for just a second. If, if they don't use the song If I Could Turn Back Time by Cher (laughs) while they use the Time Stone because Guardians of the Galaxy loves to do stuff like that. Oh, yeah.
1: That's a big miss. they failed. Yeah.
0: I'm just throwing that out there. They have failed. <laughs> the way that financially Solo failed in May. I'm not in the minority when I say this either. The internet is the reason why Solo failed.
1: Absolutely. It was a good movie.
0: It was fantastic. I know there are people that hated it. And listen, I think a lot of people generally, uh, genuinely dislike the movie. But I think a lot of people disliked it because they were supposed to dislike it. Because the internet painted a picture of this movie being a train wreck. Because it had three different directors on the film. Because Alden Ehrenreich needed a coach on set to help him act like Harrison Ford. I think people were predisposed to thinking this movie was going to be no good. But I thought Alden Ehrenreich did a formidable job as Han Solo. It's very hard to take an iconic character like that. And duplicated. But I thought that he did a really, really great job. I thought the story was fun. It was a great space western. And um, Donald Glover stole the show as Lando Calrissian. Yeah. And I want to see a Lando movie. And I want to see Alden Ehrenreich back. I want to see more of him and and Donald Glover together.
1: With that said, not anytime soon. I think... That's part of why people were predisposed to hate it. I think we're a little Star Wars out right now um, but I really really liked it and I really have no investment in Star Wars. I mean, I like them all. Um, I know even less about them really than than I do about you know the Marvel Universe um, I you know I haven't followed Star Wars as religiously as some people have. I've seen all of them. I enjoy the movies. That being said, I went to film school with a bunch of fanboys and I think that left a bad taste in my mouth as far as Star Wars go because those are the people, you know, and to their credit, they're the Star Wars purists that are trashing this movie because they don't want to like the Disney-fied Star Wars and I find myself liking the new trilogies more than I do the originals. Yeah,
0: I thought it was all in all a complete story. I think it got a bad rap. Um, I think Ron Howard did a, a really nice job with it. Although I think the movie it saw a second life in um, a second life in home video release because what I noticed was after it came out on Blu-ray, and I think people watched the second time through. You saw Like a Rotten Tomatoes, which I don't always invest anything into because they hated The great, the Greatest Showman, and I think that that's a universally embraced film. Um, and it is a really good movie. Um, but I noticed that they went from panning Solo to now it has a certified fresh rating. And then yeah. like a 20% jump between its theatrical run and its home video release.
1: I really think that people were hung up on the character and... The actor. I mean, here's the thing. Harrison Ford is amazing. And he's what made Han Solo Han Solo. So I think that he's just one of those actors that's so tied to the character. People are having a hard time separating the two. But what you have to remember is that this is a prequel. We're seeing him younger. He's got that snarkiness, but not the cockiness that he has later in life because he's had years and years of getting away with everything. We right. only just see him start to be an outlaw and start to, you know, be this, you know, the double crosser that we all know and love.
0: Yeah, and he's he's still not totally cynical because he hasn't seen right. the real underbelly of the world. Right. Um,
1: and he hasn't really experienced a great loss yet other right. than... uh his girlfriend in this movie.
0: Right. Um, so it, it seems as if the Star Wars prequels are on hold for a while. I think it was Bob Iger that even said that they were doing too much, too soon, too fast. And I tend to agree with that. And that might have been part of it. Um, they're going to take their time. It, it might be it might be years until we see another one of these movies. Um, Pump your brakes. Yeah. Uh, not unlike the Incredible sequel, which was... I mean, that came out in June, and that was a, what was it, a 12-year? I think 14. 14 14-year gap.
1: But it was so worth the wait. Not just because we got another Incredibles and you're getting more of these characters that you love, but because they took their time with it, it was so timely. Because your story is that the superheroes kind of have to operate underground now and they're being shunned, and now when they start to resurface the focus is on Elastigirl. And, you know, you've got this great role reversal where she's out fighting and Mr. Incredible is home with the kids, which to me is where all the comedy lives in this movie.
0: Yeah. Um, I I thought this movie was funny. I thought that it was fun for the whole family. I thought that it was, it was comical enough for adults and enough was over the head of the child audience, but not enough to the point where a kid wouldn't see at least some of the humor in the movie. Right. I I thought that it was a I thought it was a great story. I thought it was a complete story. I thought that it was endearing.
1: Slightly predictable, but that didn't take away from it being good.
0: Right. And I think that it was it was very smart for the time to point out what you pointed out. I think the um the the desire of society to have these strong uh empowered females um to to be role models it's 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 so uh, you know it was such a big thing when Wonder Woman came out and we knew that movie was coming for years but people mm-hmm. were so excited to see a strong female superhero um that I think that this piggybacked off of that very well without it being a total ripoff um and it, but it still had the feel of The Incredibles.
1: Right. And to me, what's so important is that it worked for the story. I don't feel like they just wrote this for the sake of doing something as a nod to the Me Too movement or the Time's Up movement. Um, it felt right. It felt natural for the franchise. It didn't feel like this was forced just to hit on what's popular right now
0: yes and i think that jack jack getting powers just oh it was it was absolutely perfect
1: everything with edna and that raccoon scene it's my favorite part
0: the raccoon scene the raccoon fight between the animal and jack jack you're right it's the scene that makes the movie
1: yeah. That and you know, Mr. Incredible just being exhausted keeping up with him and trying to lure him back from wherever he goes with the cookies.
0: Yes. Um and just the 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 inability to predict what was going to happen next, you didn't know what Jack Jack was gonna do next or what form he was gonna take. Right. He was like a funny version version of like Gozer. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um but or, or Zul, I should say. Um you just take the form of the destructor. <laughs> you didn't know what that form was gonna be, but i i I loved it, and it sounds like they're gearing up to do a third Incredibles movie, though I don't think we're gonna see it for a while. It doesn't seem like it's anything. It doesn't have a release date. It, you know i I think they left it open ended and they do plan on eventually doing a trilogy. Mm-hmm. but um, listen, I'll wait another fourteen years if it, if the, if the third movie is as good or even half as good as the second one was, I'll wait. Yeah. Um, We got the Ant-Man versus, or Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, sequel this year. That was in July. It was an Ant-Man movie. And I don't mean that negatively. It was funny. I actually, I enjoyed Ant-Man and the Wasp more than the original Ant-Man movie.
1: Same. Either way, Ant-Man does not get enough credit, though. Agreed. He doesn't get enough love in the Avengers, and... He certainly does not get enough love, you know, just from the general public. I love Paul Rudd. I will watch Paul Rudd in every single thing that he does. I've loved him since Clueless. But I think he's a great Ant-Man.
0: He's, he's perfect for the character. I think that he's got the swagger. I think he's got the right attitude. And he is the perfect comic relief. And that's the thing. Like, this is one of those movies. Like, I think when, seeing Thor Ragnarok compared to the first Thor movie stark contrast, but mm. it works. This is the type of character with the type of actor where you know going into it, it's going to be an action comedy. Right. But the the comedy doesn't get stale. See I, we don't get over the shtick of Paul Rudd.
1: Right. I disagree with you though. I don't think he has the swagger. Like when I think superhero swagger, I think Thor. I think Star Lord. But I think what I like so much about Ant Man is because Paul Rudd has built an entire career off of being so awkward and he does it perfectly. And I think that that's what makes him so good for Ant-Man is because he's the reluctant hero.
0: See, I think he started that way. But I think in this movie, that's what I'm talking about with the swagger. He wasn't so reluctant anymore because I think he knew what his responsibilities were. Oh, I agree with you in the first one. But I thought that this was actually this was a nice transition for this yeah. character, especially because now we know what a role he's going to play in the next Avengers movie. This was a sequel that was a necessary evil. For all intents and purposes, it is a bridge film, but it's one of the bridge films, one of the few, that actually did it right.
1: Right. It's like Doctor Strange was a bridge because we didn't see that when it first came out, but we made sure before... Uh, What was it before? Before this
0: latest um, Avengers movie. Before Infinity War. No,
1: before Black Panther. I knew it predated. I I knew it was before Avengers. Um, And I'm glad we did because we would have been lost. Like it was a bridge movie, but you do need need it.
0: And we, we jumped. We forgot Black Panther. That came out. Black Panther came out right before A Wrinkle in Time. Was that this year? Yeah, see, I kept thinking it was 2017. No, that was this year. Um, yeah, let's talk about that because I have nothing else to say about Ant-Man at this point. <laughs> you want to talk about it, yeah, And now my brain is empty.
1: I can't believe um, we don't... Well, you know why? There was so much hype around this movie and I think that's why I kept thinking it was the end of 2017. I, I
0: kept thinking it was... Uh, I thought it was last year's Christmas release. Yes. But it was not. Um. It actually was February. I loved Black Panther. Me Black too. Black Panther was a movie that had such a different look and a different feel. It was so unique to the MCU because mm-hmm. of the setting, you know, that, that wild kind of Africa setting. Mm-hmm. Wakanda is beautiful. I think that Chadwick Boseman mm-hmm. is unbelievable. And you get um Aldris Elba in there as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that he is such a talented actor.
1: And Denai Guerrera.
0: Yeah. I, had, I
1: loved her in that. It was
0: a star-studded cast, mm-hmm. and I like when you get to see Bucky. Yeah. Um, no, I I just thought that this was another movie that, um, I f- I felt that the special effects were incredible. Oh yeah. Without being too over the top, I loved the story. I felt him to be incredibly endearing. Um, I just I didn't know much about this character m- going into it, but. I walked out of there absolutely loving the character Black Panther. And I was so excited to see him in this latest Avengers
1: movie. I love the entire world that they created. I mean, I love the blend of old and new. I love how Wakanda is hidden. I thought that was so smart to, uh, you know, put it behind that setting that you wouldn't expect it to be, you know, in the middle of Africa. Um you know, it's just so unsuspecting and it just worked for the story. Um, I loved all of the um, the effects. I think these these are probably the best effects that we've ever seen, uh, especially with the suit. I thought that was so cool how, you know, it, it turns purple. I mean, to me, that was even cooler than Iron Man suit. And yeah. that's been my favorite to this point. Um, no, and I thought the story was great as far as, you know what was going on with Wakanda versus the rest of the MCU, but also, you know, within the tribes themselves in Wakanda. You know, it that was power a power struggle. Really interesting, yeah, internal conflict.
0: Yeah. Um it was awesome. It was it was great to see him turn up in in the Avengers movie and I can't wait until we get another Black Panther solo movie.
1: Yeah, I, I like that they brought the Avengers to Wakanda and that's where the final battle took place. I think that was really smart, especially as opposed to like doing it up in space of all the you know, realms that it could have taken place in. I think that was a really, really smart choice to bring it there.
0: And, and part of it too is because Wakanda is such a beautiful place and in theory, very peaceful. So to bring that chaos into it, mm. um, I think was a really... Intelligent contrast,
1: and because it's probably the most protected too, they had to, you know, breach that barrier.
0: Right. So you kind of got the feeling like, wow, if Thanos can penetrate that, he can penetrate anything. Not that we didn't know that he was already so powerful, but I thought, yeah, I agree. Really, really well done. And I'm, I, I can't believe that we, we over. But, uh, but I thought it was last year's release. I can't believe that movie's less than a year old. Yeah. But I think you're right. I think it's the hype around it. People were talking about it for so long.
1: And no, you know why too? Because I believe it was after, or no, it was just before last year's oscars so i think it missed the round of nominations because now you're seeing it kicked up again which we should have realized it's kicking up again for golden globes so right. now is when you're going to get to see the nominations for it but you know what i
0: the thing too was there was so much hype around that movie this is kind of it might sound dumb to some of these people but the reason why i thought it was a 2017 release is because i remember we had a family event at the at the club that I work at and kids were dressed as black Panther for Halloween. They had already started selling Halloween costumes and Mm. and kids were going as the character without actually having seen the film.
1: Right. And it was big in the parks because we were in Florida in Disney world in 2017.
0: Right. Well, I'm glad we didn't skip over it because that one was really good.
1: Um, yeah. Nice catch.
0: Yeah. The next one that came up was in August and that was Christopher Robin. Um, one of these mixes of live action and cgi animation uh i really liked christopher robin i was surprised by christopher robin yeah um it was not and i guess you know it's sort of subjective it wasn't the tearjerker i thought it was going to be not for me at least
1: no because that trailer just stabbed you in the heart yeah yeah like, they really went for the jugular in that trailer.
0: Yeah, and, and in a way, I don't want to make it sound like it's a dis- disappointment, but in a, in that respect, the movie didn't pay off.
1: No, because it wasn't as nostalgic as I thought it was going to be.
0: No, but I still think it was an excellent film. I thought that Ewan McGregor, I mean, he's good in everything. Yeah. But it was good to see those characters come back. Um, I would have liked to see more Rabbit, an owl
1: yeah I feel like it was mostly Pooh and Tigger um I like what they did with Eeyore I love Brad Garrett I thought that was an excellent choice uh but they made him a lot darker I mean the whole movie is overall darker but like Eeyore like I was I was nervous for him he's like clinically depressed
0: yeah but I think that's where the comedy for the adults came in more than anything else although I did think that I thought that Pooh was funny. Mm-hmm. The whole scene with the balloon. Yeah. And when he goes to the ticket teller or the ticket taker at the train station, why is he in a cage? <laughs> it, was just, yeah. <laughs> it was it was a funny movie. And the movie did have a lot of heart. It was predictable, but it was what you thought it was going to be. What I was taken aback by most in that movie was the beginning. Like, yeah. Christopher Robin has such a dark history. <laughs>
1: Right, that's the part that you're not expecting.
0: Like I did not accept I did not expect to see him getting injured in war. Right. And having bombs go off around him.
1: I think that's what kind of threw me between what you saw in the trailer and what you got in this movie is that I definitely wasn't expecting that backstory, but that's what I'm saying, like it didn't have that nostalgia. I thought we were gonna see him go off to school and then maybe have his heart broken and like move away from his hometown and get called back for whatever reason, and that's when he finds Pooh again. I totally was not expecting that.
0: What I expected this to be, and we've mentioned this movie a few times, but I think it bears repeating because I think that it it connects to so many other movies. I thought this was going to be more like Hook, where Mm -hmm. he was so far removed because he grew up. Right. That's what I thought it was going to be. But instead they made him so hardened to the world.
1: Right. But in a way, I mean, I guess I'm glad that happened because I'd rather be sitting here discussing it this way than saying, well, that was a rip off of Hook.
0: Right, and how do you forget about the Hundred Acre Wood? Well, how do you forget about Neverland? I mean, but Hook yeah. Hook succeeded in its own ways, so I think you're right. I think it would have been compared negatively mm. to Hook if they had followed that formula. Um, what I
1: do like about uh, what they did with this one too is that, it, and I mean, I I don't want to see this become like another Marvel universe, but I like that they kind of did a nod to all of the movies that take place in London like they had a Dalmatian walk by in one point and they had a kite as a nod to Mary Poppins the only thing I didn't see was some kind of nod to Peter Pan Um, but I like that they kind of tipped their hat to the location
0: yeah it's a movie that I absolutely want to see again and if you haven't seen it I definitely I suggest it I think you agree
1: yeah absolutely yeah that one I'm excited to do to compare to a Winnie the Pooh
0: yeah um Ralph Breaks the Internet came out in November. Um, the much-anticipated sequel to Wreck-It Ralph, uh, though not long-awaited, five years. I'd say that's about average for an animation. Five yeah. years. Um, it was good. It wasn't great. It certainly was not nearly as good as the first one. Um, I personally i am not going to give it away because I think a lot of people still haven't seen it. Um I didn't like how the movie ended. Agreed. Um I thought that the way that the movie ended sort of contradicted the spirit of those characters and what the entire first film was about in accepting yourself, loving yourself and embracing what makes you unique. I thought that all of that went out the window. I felt that they kind of stabbed the original film in the back with the way they ended this movie.
1: That's the perfect way to put it. Yeah. Um, I think it was definitely worth the wait. Um, but you're right. it It's never going to live up to the first one because the first one was just so good. I mean, we, we've done a review for Wreck-It Ralph and a large part of our review was spent, you know, just on how great the story was and, and, the world that they built between these video games. Um, I missed being in that world because it obviously takes you right out of it, but I love how they portrayed the internet as like this big scary city that they have to navigate. I think that was smart and I think that it definitely pushed the franchise forward in that regard. Um, But I agree with you, I don't like where they left it. The highlight, though, of that movie was Disney's penchant for making fun of themselves.
0: Oh, with the Oh My Disney?
1: Oh my God, that was brilliant.
0: And in a way, you kind of gave away the best part of the movie in the trailer.
1: Yeah, but there was a lot more than you see in the trailer. Oh, Like, you know it's coming, and they do a lot more with the Disney princesses, where it's still very funny.
0: It's still really good, but by seeing that trailer, it definitely takes the... It takes the shock and the excitement out of what is otherwise the best part of the movie. Yes. Um, but, you know, I what I liked about it was I thought that it was an interesting social narrative on social media. Yes. And the whole, you don't read the comment sections. I thought that that was... A and ver-
1: collecting likes.
0: Yeah, I thought that it was a really interesting and I thought it was a really smart observation of how we as a society consume media and how people how they prioritize their social.
1: What they did, for those who haven't seen it, is they've made it very, very on the nose. Is, you know, Ralph needs money, so they kind of turn him into this viral sensation and tell him that the likes literally convert to money, Uh, which essentially is true, but uh, I thought that that was really, really smart, as literal as it was. It was great. It worked so well. And what that movie succeeded
0: in doing is being very on the nose, but being simple enough where it wasn't over the head of the of the younger audience. Right. I think a kid could watch this and understand the conflict and understand the end game.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Um, I don't know when the sequel is going out. I would assume they're going to eventually do a third one. This is one that I'm kind of okay taking a rest on.
1: Yeah. I mean... I'm definitely looking forward to a second viewing. Um it's not to say that I didn't enjoy the first one, but or my first viewing of it. Um but I want to you know like reexamine that ending a little bit more. So that's that's probably one that we'll do soon once it comes out on a Blu-ray release.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that we will. Um I don't think we're going to have to wait 50 plus years for the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> like we did for the movie that came out about two weeks ago, Mary Poppins Returns. And we went and saw did it. Did that
1: come out two weeks ago? I hadn't heard.
0: <laughs> we saw it, what did we see? It, three days ago?
1: We yeah, saw it? we just squeezed it in.
0: Um It was it was
1: excellent. Yeah, it was. There's there's like no no two ways about it. It was absolutely amazing. It was everything that I wanted it to be, everything that I hoped for and it it didn't let the franchise down.
0: No. I mean, look, if you're going to walk in there and someone goes, "What well, wasn't as good as the original?" Just stop. Right. Yeah, the the first one is as close to a perfect film as I think we've had since that movie came out. Uh, and I think to compare the two, it, it's it's unfair.
1: It, here's my thing about it though. Now that we've seen it, I almost feel like it was kind of a remake, as opposed to a sequel. I mean, yes, they did draw a story out of it years later. And the story worked, it definitely fit, you know, it it was a good expansion of what we saw in the first one. But I almost felt like certain scenes were remakes of what we've already seen. And I think that they did it as a sequel and came up with a new story because if they said that they were doing a remake of Mary Poppins, I think people would have been way too up in arms. I would have been. Yeah. I certainly would have been. As Agreed. much as I love Emily Blunt and as great as she looked in the trailers, she was even a thousand times better than I was expecting. But I wouldn't have wanted to see her redo what Julie Andrews did.
0: Yeah, I think that two scenes in particular that stand yeah. out are... Um, Turning Turtle is quickly I love to laugh and uh, Flip a Little Light Fantastic is Step in Time.
1: Uh 3 actually. Um when they go into the Porcelain Bowl is Jolly Holiday. Yes and no. Not song-wise, but stylistically, I think. Well,
0: yeah, you put them you put the live action uh, actors in with the animation, but it it was good. And actually, I thought that that, that tune um,
1: the cover is not the book.
0: Yeah. It's um, it's so different from Jolly Holiday. And it's even different from Super Cal. Um,
1: that was actually my favorite part. Without I mean, question. I, I like that. I, I thought the porcelain bowl concept was brilliant. Like, I mean, yes. Is it kind of a ripoff of Jolly Holiday in that you put the live action into the animation? Yes. But we spent two hours talking about how brilliant of a concept that was and- how advanced Walt Disney's technology was at the time. So I think they'd be remiss not to use that. But what I love is that, you know, it was almost like a modernized 3d version of that because it's a porcelain bowl. So, without I don't want to spoil it for those that haven't seen it yet because it's just so cool how they did it but like they factored in the curvature of the bowl and the texture of it and uh, it just made for really really cool visuals
0: yeah the visuals were outstanding and that number with Emily Blunt and Lin-Manuel Miranda who I had said a couple of weeks ago I'm I'm not a total fan of because it's mostly his hype you know people are anointing him as as the next genius it's like He'll probably get there, but like let's let's pump the brakes a little bit. Uh, he was fantastic in this movie.
1: He I was said phenomenal. to you during that number because that was my favorite part of the whole movie. The cover is not the book. I thought they were both amazing in it. The dancing was great. The singing they did like this cockneyed accent, yeah, and it was really funny, and it all worked and he didn't really rap. He talked fast. But what I yeah. said to you was, the Miranda train is pulling out of the station and you better jump on board.
0: What I was impressed with was he showed himself to be a real song and dance man, like a traditional, you know, like a, th- a real yeah. throwback from the
1: 40s. That that whole sequence was like vaudevillian. Absolutely. Yes.
0: Um, he was excellent. His, his English accent was almost as bad as Dick Van Dyke's but I kind of liked it because it was that familiarity. Oh, that I think,
1: think Sean is turning into a Fanwell Miranda.
0: No, let's calm down. <laughs> Maybe in time, but let's calm down. Um, sh- But Emily Blunt, you said before, she was, she was Julie Andrews. And I know that a lot of people had said that that was something they didn't like, was they felt that she was playing Julie Andrews as Mary Poppins rather than playing Mary Poppins. But I thought that I thought that she had her mannerisms down. I mean, that's the thing is you're you're using, there's only been one Mary Poppins. There's only been one film. So you have to use somebody as a jumping off point. But I thought that, I thought she paid homage perfectly. And I thought that there's only one Mary Poppins that we've ever seen. But I thought that she played her very well.
1: See, I wouldn't say that she was Julie Andrews. I wouldn't go that far. I think she was amazing in her own right. I think she nailed the character, but I do think the character was different than the Mary Poppins we know. Um, I think that one of the things that I love most about the original is that Mary Poppins gets everyone to think for themselves and she'll use her reverse her reverse psychology to make you figure out the answer for yourself. Um, and I feel like that didn't happen a lot in this one. Um, Not only in the sense of there was less backtalk or, you know, she kind of Mary Poppins has the tendency to, you know, twist her words um, to make you eventually stumble upon the answer. And I feel like Emily Blunt had more speaking lines than Julie Andrews, but she forced scenarios instead of having everyone figure it out for themselves.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. The only instance where she really used that reverse psychology was when she sang Can You Imagine That? Yes. And But that's the thing. is That's the first song that she sings, so you think that the whole movie is going to be that way, but you're right. She sort of solves everybody's problems on her own right? without that lesson necessarily being there. I'll give you that. If I had one gripe with that movie, it's that, and I said it to you as we were walking out of the theater... The two of them could have just as easily turned to the camera and said, "Give us three minutes and thirty seconds. It's time to sing another song." Like they were so deliberate. Yeah. Like when when you knew a musical number was coming, it was it wasn't subtle. It didn't always flow into it very naturally. It was just like, "Oh, it's song time." All right, here, let's do a song. Yeah. yeah it was it was very blunt. Ha ha ha
1: ha. Um, my only gripe with it really um I I don't think that Meryl Streep's character served any purpose I think we just needed to cram Meryl Streep into a movie um but I wish either her or I'm guessing really where the Julie Andrews cameo would have been was Angela Lansbury at the end
0: I think that's probably the role that they had in mind for her
1: And I'm glad they went with another Disney legend once Julie Andrews turned it down. I shouldn't say turned it down, but they did ask Julie Andrews to make the cameo, and she said that she didn't want to distract from Emily Blunt. She said that, you know, this is Emily's turn. Let her make it what it is, and I don't want to take away from that, which I really, really respect, but I feel that it was lacking. Like, I love that we got Dick Van Dyke. He was fantastic in it. He was probably... My favorite part of the movie, aside from uh, a cover is not a book. Um, but like I missed her being that everyone else got their, you know, the nod. Right. Um. I wish she would have had it, but I am glad that they went with Mrs. Potts. I'm OK with that.
0: If you haven't seen it yet, you have to go. Yeah. it's really we're not we're not you know underselling it or overselling it it's just it's it really was that good
1: no and don't wait until it comes out on blu-ray or dvd and say oh i'll get around to this is one that's worth spending the money and going to see it on the big screen
0: yeah yeah because it's so colorful and it's so bright and it's so whimsical you want
1: the theatrical experience it'll
0: look great on a 4k tv it'll look great on blu-ray but it is going to lose unless you're seeing it on that big screen with that Dolby digital it is good I think it is gonna lose a bit when it comes out uh, you know on home video
1: no and part of the fun of it too was that you know we didn't get to see this movie when it came out obviously that was way before our time but like I feel like we got to experience that magic of seeing Mary Poppins on screen yeah. I mean, granted, it's not the same as when Walt Disney introduced all the technology back in the day. And you were see, you know, you hadn't seen anything like this before. But I do feel like we got a similar experience.
0: Yeah, she was so good. She was so good. Um, So those were all the films for 2018. Looking ahead to 2019 in order of release, March 9th of this year, Captain Marvel. Um, We're going to go see it because we see the MCU movies. I've said it before, I'll say it again. None of these trailers look any different from any other Marvel movie aside from Black Panther.
1: Just right. because
0: of Wakanda.
1: I am excited to get some answers though.
0: Yeah, so am I. What I'm excited about most about this movie is I think it is going to have sort of the retro feel. Listen, you throw a blockbuster video in a trailer, you better make good on this being a retro movie. Yeah. That'll be, that'll be the big miss for me if they don't make good on it.
1: Yeah, I do want to see some some 90s nostalgia.
0: And I'm interested in learning more about the character. Uh, 20 days later, March 29th, Dumbo. Admittedly, I don't know how you felt, but when I heard that Tim Burton was doing the Dumbo live action, I was like, no, please no. After Alice in Wonderland, I just am so tired of Tim Burton being Tim Burton with his shtick. With that being said, with every Dumbo trailer that I see, I get more and more excited to see Dumbo.
1: I was going to say, I couldn't disagree with you more. I have two words for you. Big fish. I have faith in Burton.
0: It looks excellent. Uh, April 19th, we're getting Penguins. It's the newest film in the line of the Disney nature series that you usually see come out around Arbor Day. Mm -hmm. Um, Or Earth Day. Or Earth Day. Um, They've all been pretty good up to this point.
1: Yeah. We haven't caught any in theaters but
0: No, we w- saw Oceans.
1: Uh, oh, that's right. No, we did see Oceans. You're right, you're right. But um yeah, most which, which most of theaters, them have gotten on Blu-ray.
0: Which in theaters was incredible.
1: Yeah. Um this one I'm excited for. I do love penguins.
0: Um Avengers Endgame, March uh May 3rd. Um I I want answers. I want them. I want them now.
1: Okay. Well, to be fair, the Russo brothers did give us answers. Did you see the picture that they released where they were sitting in the studio and it looked like they had just wrapped? They actually had the title spelt out.
0: Yeah, using ladders and things. Yeah,
1: that was awesome.
0: Yeah, it was, that was really creative.
1: It was very, very clever. And they did say Endgame, you know, upon a recent viewing of Infinity War, uh, Doctor Strange does say it.
0: He does. And it, you're right. You're obviously not going to catch
1: that. Right, we wouldn't have known in the moment, but I absolutely think we're going to get some answers. I just hope that, you know, with Captain Marvel coming out and then the Avengers, I just don't want to feel, like, exhausted by Marvel.
0: Right. Um, And then you... One, two, three, four, five... Six more movies coming out after that. Wow. These are the hot-button topics, starting with your Memorial Day release, May 24th, Aladdin. Now... We got a trailer and we have now seen what Will Smith looks like as the genie. Um, I don't know what people thought Will Smith as a genie was going to look like. But when I saw the Entertainment Weekly cover, I went, that's Will Smith as the genie. I, I don't know. Did people think he was going to be blue and animated, yeah. I guess, is what people thought?
1: yes. That is w- what I've read into it. That is people's biggest beef is that he's not blue. To which I say, number one, go see the Broadway play. He's not blue in the play. His out- his costume is, but he is not. Um, but like, what do you expect? We're getting a live action remake. It's supposed to look real. I mean, yeah, we're going dis- to suspend our disbelief because he lives in a lamp. But I don't know that I want to see a blue genie. I want to see... I want to bring it into a real world setting. And to be quite honest, I really don't want to see him blue because that was Robin Williams.
0: Well, yeah, that's the other thing
1: I don't want, you know, we already have to deal with that loss enough. So I don't want to try and recreate that. Like just let it go. But honestly, I'm happy that we did get like another icon from our childhood to be in this movie like if if he's i mean obviously we have to replace robin williams but like if it was going to be anybody i can't think you know i don't want shaquille o'neal doing another shazam or whatever it was so i'm i'm good with the casting
0: and i think that um will smith is so incredibly talented and he's had such an interesting career obviously not not that i'm saying he was you know the most impressive musician of all time but at least he has a musical background so I'm interested to see if he can go out of his comfort zone and how how he does a big musical number like Friend Like Me
1: I bet he had some fun with this
0: Yeah, he seems like he's really enjoyed himself
1: I could do without the man bun though That's really my only beef as far as the aesthetic
0: Alright, I'll give you that one June 21st Toy Story 4
1: are they?
0: I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know much about Artemis Fowl, so I'm kind of not invested in that. But of all of these movies, this is the one that I'm least interested and least excited about. I thought that the way they ended the third movie was perfect, and I, I, I hate to say it, but I, I'm a cash grab. That's what I think this is.
1: I, I don't know. I mean. There's rumors that they're going to... Although, I don't know how you'd like kill one of them off. But yeah, this was Andy's story. They were Andy's toys. The way that they ended it, although heart-wrenching was perfect. I don't know that we need another one. Um, I like the two new characters that they introduced. I thought they were really, really funny. Um, The, uh, what is it, the rabbit and the... um, The
0: the, the, uh, pipe cleaner, the spoon
1: no it's the rabbit it's like a is it a chick i don't know i've seen this like once but it's um it's key and peel right and peel um yeah i'm excited for them um but i'd also be okay if that was like a whole nother movie and you had like maybe cameos of toy story characters um i don't know the uh this could go a whole bunch of ways because the uh the poster for it woody's tipping his hat. Um it looks like he's saying goodbye, so I don't know if that means he's saying goodbye or he's saying goodbye to someone. Um I, you know, we know that Tim Allen had a whole bunch of issues with Last Man Standing in ABC, so maybe it's Buzz. Uh I don't know.
0: There's only one thing that I know for certain. 1 billion worldwide. That's what the box office on this movie's going to be, and that's why they're making a fourth movie. <laughs>
1: I think they're probably going to go for two trilogies with this one. But you know what? I love the character so much I don't even care. Like There's part of me that says leave well enough alone, but with the rest of the Toy Story films, the stories have been so complete. I'm not afraid that they're overkilling this one.
0: Right. Uh, Artemis Fowl comes out August 19th. I know nothing about Artemis Fowl and uh, Artemis Fowl. Fowl, I knew I'd get there eventually. Uh, I have, n- I know nothing about it. I have no vested interest in it. It's like the nutcracker to me. We, we didn't see it. I have no real interest in it. Maybe I'll see it eventually, but Artemis Fowl, okay.
1: I, yeah, I, I, got nothing. I, I really don't have a lot on that.
0: Do you have your seatbelt on? Yes. Okay. Are you prepared to talk about Frozen 2 on November 27th?
1: I think I need Christina. i need backup
0: there could be no worst idea than introducing (laughs) her into this conversation right now
1: um
0: no offense christina
1: yeah if you have no idea what we're talking about um check out our frozen review with our friend christina our our fellow disney file and frozen obsessive idina obsessive friend um No, I cannot contain my excitement, especially because that's going to come out towards the end of the year and we're going to be in the parks.
0: And we just got a leak of um, some images from it. And they are, Anna and Elsa, are noticeably older. Mm. Anna more so than Elsa. Elsa kind of looks the same, but Anna is clearly aged more so in this. Um, That's another movie that at the time that it will be released will have been a five-year wait. Um yeah, which ex- is good. Yeah,
1: because they could have cranked this one out. I mean, they know it's going to be a crash, a cash grab, and I'm glad that they didn't gun out the play and a sequel right away.
0: Yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, I loved Frozen, so I'm really excited for the sequel.
1: Well, good because we're going to go to the midnight showing.
0: Hey, look, I'm down for a midnight showing. I'm I'm as excited to see it as you are. It's just I can contain I myself. That. Oh, <laughs> yes, I can. I can contain myself. My only No, I mean I doubt
1: that you're as excited as I am, no way.
0: My big concern with this, and it might sound dumb, but I feel like they're going to try to outdo let it go. And because I think that that, that was such a phenomenon mm. that they're going to be so like locked into, well we can't not have that again that they're almost gonna try too hard.
1: There's the potential for that, but I think that they realize they caught lightning in a bottle with that one. I don't think they're going to try. I don't think that they can top it. I think maybe they'll have like another fun song. I'm hoping that they give not that Kristen Bell didn't have her time to shine, she absolutely did, but I'm I'm wondering if maybe Anna gets the big one this time. I want to see Which more Which is fine because I want my girl to conserve her voice so that she can keep touring.
0: I want to see more Olaf I think we're
1: absolutely going to get more Olaf.
0: I think he needs to be a more front and center figure in this movie.
1: Yeah, that would be a good take on it. Instead of making him the sidekick, make it... Well, they did do Olaf's Frozen Adventure, so he did get his time to shine as well. Right. Um, But I'm hoping... I mean, if you look at Josh Gad's social media, he's so ready to go for this. Yeah. He is Olaf, and he knows it.
0: Uh, the last one for the year. It's the big one. Now it's turn. It's my turn to put my seatbelt on. Star Wars Episode Nine, December nineteenth of next year. Um, I cannot wait to see how they wrap up this trilogy. And I do believe that it will be a wrap up of the trilogy because Daisy Ridley has made it known that she signed on for three films, and that's it. Ray is done after December 19th. So I want to see how her story concludes. I want to see if they continue to move forward with, um, with Poe Dameron and with Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see how they move on from Carrie Fisher and is Han Solo dead? That's the big question. I think he is. I think he is. Um, but I feel like we're going to get a lot of questions answered. Just because we know that this is her last one, and I think it's going to be an epic conclusion, and then I hope they take another five years to pump the brakes and take a breath and figure out a way to write a new engaging trilogy. I do believe that the Star Wars universe can continue forever.
1: I think they're just going to keep doing trilogies, and which which is fine. I, like I'm glad that Daisy Ridley, you know has some standards in that regard. Everything else was a trilogy, so let this be it. Right. You know, you want to do the offshoots like the Han Solo, like the um, Lando Calrissian movie, fine. Um, I hope that they're not peppered in throughout, you know, while we're waiting on another trilogy. I, I hope that they pump the brakes on everything. Um, but, yeah, I mean, why, why not keep it going? There's just so many stories that you can tell and it's such a big universe i th- i think they are just going to keep going with it i mean why else why else buy the rights from lucas right they could have let this go but if they had no intention of keeping it up why bother
0: well i have two words for you galaxy's edge
1: well yes that too
0: they couldn't they could literally never make another star wars movie again right and just they have a license to print money right especially with Galaxy's Edge opening. When is it going to open? Who knows?
1: Oh, I know. <laughs> I can knows? tell you right now. It's going to ruin our trip.
0: So we know that it's it's said to be opening in Disneyland in the summer. Disney World, it seems like things keep getting pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. They, they're saying late fall. I define late fall as December 1st.
1: I... This has been pushed back and pushed back. I was hoping that we would have like a solid six months for everybody to get it out of their system, all the locals to filter through. That way we wouldn't have to experience like crazy wait times for it. I think it's going to come out probably some point during Food and Wine Festival because you have a a lot of people going down there just for that. So I I think they're going to have it open probably the week that we're down there.
0: And, and that leads you to believe. now let, let me ask you this question, and it's a question we have for the listeners. Tweet at us, follow us, uh, you know, write to us on Instagram, email us at monoreal radio, Facebook, Facebook at Monoreal Radio. Let's say Galaxy's Edge either opens while we're down there or within within three weeks. I'll even say three weeks of mm-hmm. being down there. Do we alter our plans and not even set foot in Hollywood Studios?
1: I mean, I wouldn't want to just to deal with the wait times, but for research purposes, I may have to. I
0: think that I think Hollywood Studios is going to be an absolute nightmare to get to. I think that if that park opens at 9 o'clock in the morning, you have to be on a bus at 6.30. I think it's going to be an absolute nightmare.
1: Well, that's good. Then no wait at the tequila cave. Well, that's the
0: thing is it makes me wonder too. I don't know that this is going to have the positive effect that you hope that it has on some of your other attractions. Like you hope, well, I'll still go to studios and everybody will want to go to Galaxy's Edge. So there'll be no lines for Rock and Roller Coaster. There'll be no lines for the Tower of Terror. I think it's going to overload that park. I think the lines for those attractions are going to be made even worse. Because I think people are going to go there, not be able to get into right. Galaxy's Edge, and are going to default to, well, I already spent a hundred and something dollars to come in for the day. I'll just go on these rides that I'm familiar with. Right.
1: Yeah, I think that that's, we're going to have to, if it does open, we're probably going to have to do a lot of planning on the fly.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and from a film standpoint, other than the new releases, I think the the other noteworthy topic of conversation is Disney+. Plus. Yes. The streaming service. It's launching late 2019. We don't have a date on it yet. All we have is a name and a supposed price point of around $5 or $6 a month. We know that we're going to get a Loki series. We know we have the Favreau Star Wars.
1: Lady and the Tramp.
0: Lady and the Tramp. I think Lady and the Tramp, that live action uh, remake, I think is going to be a launch I believe for the streaming service Mm -hmm. I'm really excited about it I can't wait to see the catalog yeah my fear is that it becomes what I want it to be is I want it to be like the WWE Network where it archives everything and it stays there my fear is that they're going to run this more like a Netflix and they're going to have a rotating catalog.
1: Like they've done with The Vault in the right. past. Yeah, given the track record with The Vault, I fear that that's what it's going to be, but I feel if we're going to be paying for it, we should have the catalog there.
0: I agree. Um, And I wonder if it's going to have an adverse effect on something like the Disney Movie Club.
1: Yeah, I hope not.
0: My guess is that... When they launch this streaming service, they're going to have a timeline, something to the effect of, um, we're going to put all of the movies on there eventually. Mm -hmm. Like a movie will get released on Blu-ray or DVD, but they might have a time like six months to a year before they release it on the streaming
1: service. Right. And I mean, that's it. I I hope we still have the option to get a physical copy of it because... You know there there is something to be said for the physical copy, but like also all the behind the scenes stuff. Right. You know I do hope that it's, you know, kind of like an HBO in that regard, where if they're if they're not going to do DVD and Blu Ray anymore, that they do have like an entire section for behind the scenes in the making of and things like that.
0: You know what I hope they do. Do you remember when you were a kid? and i don't see it so much anymore but when they have a when they have a big movie coming out they there used to always be maybe once a year for the big release there would be like that half an hour special on like sunday nights on abc
1: yeah they would do a movie and then it would be like an hour and a half and then tack the making of on or the preview the half hour preview
0: right I hope we see more of that.
1: Th- yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, If we're not going to be able to have a physical copy of the DVD with hours of behind the scenes, yeah, at least give me the half hour.
0: Absolutely. Um, thank you guys for joining us so much this week. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I-, I think it bears repeating, we are so excited to see... What 2019 brings. Thank you to our partners over on uh, over at Amazon.com. Go to the website www.monorealradio.wixsite.com/slash home. Uh, you get links to the Amazon instant video link for every film that we review on Monoreal Radio. Make sure to check out our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Monoreal Radio.
1: And if you're like us and you're planning a trip to the parks this year, uh, definitely reach out. I am a Magical Vacation Planner um, and I'm booking trips for 2019. So you can get in touch either through the Monoreal Radio website or you can shoot me an email at Zolezi at MagicalVacationPlanner.com. And thank you so much for such a great launch year for us. Thank you to all our listeners. We really appreciate the support of the show and we're really looking forward to bringing you more shows in 2019.
0: I couldn't have said it better. So for Jackie, I'm Sean. Have a magical week, everyone. On behalf of Monorio Radio, we'd like to thank you for joining us. We'll see you at the movies, the stuff dreams are made of.